This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Radio. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Radio does not take responsibility for those statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. This is the Business of Government Hour, a conversation about leadership and management with government executives and thought leaders who are truly changing the way government does business. I'm Michael Keegan, your host and leadership fellow at the IBM Center for the Business of Government. What is the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC's, IT strategy? How is the SEC modernizing its technology infrastructure? And what is it doing to expand its data analytics capabilities to better meet its mission? We'll explore these questions and so much more with my very special guest, Dave Bottom, Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission. Dave, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thanks, Michael. Glad to be here. Great. So to start off, I'd like to get some context for our audience. Would you provide us with a brief history and overview of the mission of the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. Sure, happy to. So the the SEC was was founded in 1934, and it was founded at the at the height of the Great Depression. So you know, you know, certainly been around for a number of years, number of years now. And the challenge is is always to to keep keep pace with you know changes in the markets and changes in the economy. But what has stayed constant is is is, is our mission, and and it's really uh, three three pieces to the mission. Uh, first one is is always with an eye towards protecting investors, uh, with an emphasis to making sure that investors are treated fairly in in, in the markets, and that leads to the markets, which is you know the the focus on maintaining fair, orderly, and efficient markets. Uh, you know the certainly the our U.S. capital markets are, are the most dynamic and and most liquid in the world. Uh, they have also evolved, and I'm sure we'll get into this when we talk about technology. Uh, to become increasingly fast and just extraordinarily complex. So, making sure that you know we're we're uh, keeping an eye on that is certainly a, a huge focus of the commission. And you know, particularly in the case where, in terms of securities trading in the markets annually, it's at about a hundred trillion dollars. So, not an insignificant amount of money. And that leads to the access to to capital markets and and, and making sure that the SEC is doing the right things that are maintaining uh, access to capital. You know, particularly for anybody that needs it, but you know, certainly with the you know focus on small businesses, which you know again create approximately two thirds of, of all new jobs in the in the U.S. economy. Mm, that's great. Now, before we get to your portfolio and your role, I was hoping you could describe for us how uh, the SEC is organized. Sort of give us an overview, really high level overview of the budget, maybe just to get a sense of what you're supporting. Sure. So the SEC is is, is roughly a two billion dollar uh, a year organization. That's roughly, you know, in terms of the order of budget, that'll vary. In terms of employees, it's roughly five thousand. Oh. I mean, that number will vary as well. Um, you know, our headquarters is here downtown, and then uh, we have eleven regional offices across the country. For the level of work that the commission does and is responsible for, you know, certainly folks have a lot on their plates. Yeah. So that's a great context. So what about your role as the chief information officer at SEC? And I was hoping you could tell us what your responsibilities are, but also how is the Office of Information Technology organized as well? And ultimately, given your roles and responsibilities in the organization which you lead, 
How do you support the overall mission of the commission? Yeah. yeah. So, so I might I might start with what, what I think the common denominators are for the overall mission of the commission. And I think it's, you know, going back to the word fair. So as we're doing, um, you know, the work of the commission, you know, making sure that investors have access to information, you know, in, in, a, in a level playing field. So, you know, that the SEC focuses a lot on disclosures. So, you know, publicly traded companies, the exchanges, making sure that you know, investors have access to the information that they need to make, you know, the decisions, you know, that are the best informed. The same is true, of course, is for the employees of the commission, you know, making sure that they have the information that they need in order to do their jobs. And as I said, that's fairly, you know, diverse in terms of the uh, requirements there that are required in terms of the mission of the commission. So my job is really, well, are we providing, you know, both the public and the you know, commission staff and employees the information and tools that they need to do their jobs every day? So the heart of it, it's job one. Job two is to make sure that, you know, that that information and tools is secure. So, so that's, that, that's really the common denominators, I, in, in my view, across the role of the SEC as a regulator to make sure that we're, the SEC itself is, is maintaining the confidence in, in, in the public and the confidence of our oversight. So it's, it's really those two pieces. So, so how does that break down? Uh, so I, I wear three hats in the commission. The first one is, is my role as the chief information officer. The second one is I'm, I'm also the agency's senior agency official for privacy. So I'm re- responsible for uh, all of the privacy controls for all of the information. And I'm, I'm also the director of, of the Office of Information Technology. So I'm a, 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 the, you know, the service provider to the commission and, and to the public to make sure that they have the data and information that they need. Mm-hmm. So how is that office organized? Do you have a, a what's like the number of folks that you have working with you to make that mission? Yeah. Work? So in terms of the number of folks, yeah. it's, it's, it's a mix of staff and contractor, right? So, you know, we our contractor partners are, are certainly key to our success and it is a partnership. You know, we, we have roughly, you know, 220 staff. So just give you a sense in terms of, you know, overall against the entire commission. Our contractor base, you know, again, these numbers vary, vary a little bit. We're approximately about a thousand contractors. Uh, so again, uh, you know, significant partnership in Realliance. You know, we're, we're working with our with our contractor community. How we're structured, I think, is fairly traditional and you know, along fun- functional lines. So we have a uh, project management solutions delivery organization that works with our customers to get them the tools that they need and the information that they need. We have an infrastructure and operations group that. Keeps things running, make sure folks are connected no matter where they are. And um, we have a group that focuses, of course, on security and privacy. They're key. And we have a uh, resource management group okay. that ties all of that together. You know, we're ma- managing the program on, on behalf of the commission. And then we have a, uh, a an innovation group, strategy and innovation group that's a bit more futurish focused and, and then works with our customers on innovation, whether it's a small eye innovation in terms of incremental changes that we're Folks are, are are looking to pilot and, and implement, or larger cha- you know change management efforts, and, and I'm sure we'll talk through some of those as well. When I think of what you just said about the, th- the multiple hats you wear and the portfolio that you lead, I was wondering if you could tell me, you know, what are the top say I don't know three challenges, management challenges, what have you, uh, that you've faced in your position, and have you sought to address those challenges? Well, I think going back to the you know challenge that's just keeping pace with technology and the growth in data. So, you know, the first challenge there is, is really the overall change management challenge. 
And that's true for you know, the OIT staff and our you know, teammates that are delivering and securing those, those services. And you know, technology always disrupts the IT people first, <laughs> I, I think, in my, in, in, in my view. So managing the changes with my direct team. Uh, and then it's also, uh, you know, as changes manifest across the commission and within with the public, uh, managing changes uh, that impact you know more of the business and, and and public side of things. So, I found that one of my challenges here is is just leading and managing change as as a challenge that we're taking on. The second challenge, you know, we've we've been talked about this a little bit is is the just the volume and variety of data uh, that the commission is you know certainly yeah you know, we're directly responsible for, but there's also a lot of information that is publicly available in other sources that we access. So. How do we manage all of that? How do we work with, you know, the various stakeholders across the commission, uh, and to some extent the public, to turn that data into information and that information into insights? So that's challenge number two. It's a, it's a great problem to have. I, I, I don't want to say that any of these are, are you know, I, I think they're challenges. I, th- I think they're great, you know, champagne problems to have, if you will. And then the third one is, you know, just going back to uh, ma- maintaining the public's confidence and oversight's confidence and sort of from a cybersecurity perspective. You know, job one is, you know, certainly protecting the data that's entrusted to us. Job one and a half, if you will. Uh, it's hard to prioritize, though, is uh, making sure that folks are confident in the integrity of the data that they're accessing. So, David, what has surprised you since taking on your role at SEC, what surprised you most about the role, and maybe about the organization? That's a great question. I, I think you know it's, this is my first time working for uh, a, a regulator. So my background up to this point has, has been uh, in the United States intelligence community, little little bit of policymaking work, but you know more more or less on the uh, you know from an intelligence community perspective. So I've learned a lot about uh, how the the SEC functions in terms of. Looking for bad actors in the in the markets, uh, you know, in, in how we work to make sure that as we examine our registrants and, and exchanges, that so what surprised me in that area is just again going back to this data concept, yeah. the, just the volumes of data that are involved in a, in a litigation, just the volumes of data that are involved in an examination. I mean, we're terabytes for each uh, in terms of what you know might might be coming into the commission, what might might you know be sharing with our partners. That's been a, you know a pretty significant su- surprise for me. The second one was actually uh, how mobile the workforce already was. Oh, the uh, we'll t- touch on this maybe with you know with with COVID, but I had this vision in my mind that well the SEC works in an office. I mean I mentioned you know eleven regional offices. Maybe they never leave the office. That that is the furthest thing from the truth. The uh, folks are certainly out. You know you know a group that does examinations wants to do that. And, and they want to be, you know, with, with the folks that they're examining. You know, folks that are they're doing, yeah, they want they want to be on site. You know, folks are want to be uh, where the action is, and you know, most of the time it might not be in the office. So that actually turned out to be a a good thing. So as 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 we pivoted more to remote work a couple of years ago, but that but that that was the second surprise. That's interesting. So you, you kind of hinted at your background, but I was wondering if you could go a little deeper and tell us more about yourself and, you know, your career path. You said you were at uh, the IC. And what's your background? What made you what made you attracted to SEC? Yeah. So, so I've, I've had a couple of different careers. My first career was actually Merchant Marine. I was a, a third mate deck officer. So, you know, I went from being a ship driver, and then when I, when I came ashore, I went down the, what I would call the systems engineering acquisition route. 
I was actually worked in industry, but in uh, for the uh, Naval Sea Systems Command. So, so I spent a number of years uh, in uh, working with the Aegis program. So both building uh, Aegis cruisers and, and Aegis destroyers. From there, I, I pivoted a bit more into the IT world. So um, when I got a, got my master's degree, I was luckily enough uh, was able to build some relationships with folks that were working at the at the Central Intelligence Agency. So I, I pivoted it into the intelligence community. Uh, grew up at CIA, uh, transitioned over to what is now today the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and, and NGA was you know f- privileged to, to lead the, the technology group there, uh, and then uh, left there and, and worked for IBM actually for a period of time, and then pivoted back into government, uh, worked for the Department of Homeland Security, on the intelligence enterprise within the department, uh, was again, you know, fortunate to get some policymaking background. So, I, so I spent a couple of years at the Office of Management and Budget, uh, working for the federal CIO at the time, and then was uh, very attracted at that point uh, to looking for opportunities, uh, kind of outside my my competency area there, and was 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 fortunate enough to uh, be brought onto the SEC. When you think of your career path or your current role, David, I was wondering. If you can give us an insight on how you lead, and perhaps you could share with us some of the principle leadership principles that you kind of implore uh, during your tenure. Yeah, thanks. I, I think that's that there's really two things. I mean, first is it's. I mean, technology is interesting, but it's all it's all about the people. So people first. Uh, so ma- making sure that I'm taking care of the people. I was I was actually at an offsite recently. We were talking about customers and customer service, and you know, you know, from from my perspective, the folks that are working uh, on IT issues in, in in the commission are are my customers. So ma- making sure that doing the right things to to enable them to be successful. The second principle, and and how I'd like to lead, is mission always. So make sure that we're we're focusing on the problem, not you know, again, people are r- rarely the problem, right? It's it's let, let let's make sure that we're focusing on the problem. Whether it's you know applying technology to a particular solution, or we're trying to fix something, you know, make make sure that that we're working on the problem. So to always always keeping an eye towards uh, mission always. What is the SEC's IT strategy? We'll explore this question and so much more when our conversation continues on the Business of Government Hour. To support government financial performance and accountability, financial systems must meet certain standards, and relying on outdated financial systems inhibits progress. ERP vendors are encouraging clients to move to the cloud and consider new technologies such as robotic process automation, blockchain, and AI to enhance financial productivity. Download the IBM Center Report Financial Management for the Future at businessofgovernment.org to learn why and how government can evolve to meet the demands of a digital world. The Ebola crisis in West Africa from 2014 to 2016 was an epidemic that put emphasis on global capacity to respond to international disasters. How can government better assess the needs of those affected and help them? The IBM Center Report Responding to Global Health Crisis by Professor Jennifer Whitner breaks down the U.S. response to the Ebola crisis and provides insights on lessons learned that may aid the government responses in the future. Download your free copy, Responding to Global Health Crisis, at businessofgovernment.org. Welcome back to the Business of Government Hour. I'm Michael Keegan, your host, and our guest today is Dave Bottom, Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. 
So, Dave, information technology plays a integral role in how the SEC meets its very important mission. You know, to that end, would you tell us more about your IT strategy and what are your specific strategic priorities? I, th- I think when we, when we think about IT strategy, I, I think about it in terms of people, process, and, and technology. So on the people front, it's making sure that we're enabling the workforce and that that could be the workforce in the various divisions and offices within the commission. More and more we're adding actually tools to our sec.gov website for folks to be able to um, analyze the various data sets that we make available on sec.gov. And it's also making sure that, you know, folks across the commission have the tools that they need. So, you know, job one there is make sure from an IT standpoint that we're enabling the workforce. And that's important. And I should also say the thing that's, you know, shaping that, as we talked about a bit earlier, is making sure folks have access to those capabilities no matter where they are. Right. So it's it's not just a, hey, I'm I'm in I'm coming into the office, I need those tools. It's they may be working on site somewhere and, and they need those tools and capabilities as well. So making sure that no matter where they are, folks have those tools. The other thing that uh, is, you know, really drives our IT strategy is make sure that that capability is available, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, you know, an, an emphasis towards a lot of tight deadlines that, that, that our employees and, and staff need to meet. Sometimes more often than not, that that's going to require work after traditional business hours on weekends uh, in locations maybe that's not, you know, that are not the office. So, you know, making sure I have capabilities and and access to tools, uh, you know, 24 hours a day. It's really hard to anticipate when somebody's going to need to work. So that's been certainly a large shift there and a driver for our IT strategy. The other one is is actually more of a how we deliver. And that's, you know, steering back to the people. Is a, is a big push, at, at least you know, across the commission on the concept of agile teams and in cross-functional teams. So, you know, can we, you know, as we're working through how to apply technology to a business problem, we'd really like the technology team to be embedded closely within business and have those decisions made by a team that's, uh, you know, looking at the business drivers first and the technology second, which you know is. A different way to operate than you know organizations have done traditionally, where we take requirements in. We'll, we'll come back, you know, some some weeks later with, hey, we think this is great. What do you think? Well, maybe maybe not so great. So the idea is to have much more rapid decision making, uh, and be able to deliver things, you know, incrementally and agilely as we go. So that's you know as we work through our technology modernization, it's really with those two things in mind. Yeah, I was just wondering. You kind of alluded to this, but I was wondering if there are any sort of internal drivers within the commission and or external trends, sort of whether it's from OMB or from general, that have shaped and informed how you're approaching IT. Yep. On the internal side, yeah, we we, we alluded to it. It, it. It's really how, how do we uh, make sure we're, I'll use the term augmenting, people's productivity. So that's really been a driver in, ter- in terms of how we think about what our IT infrastructure and stack needs to look like. And you alluded to the second one. So as, as I like to say, <laughs> The you know the SEC is is certainly a regulator, but we're also regulated, and you know so we need to make sure that we're a great example of compliance. You know, but both in terms of what the administration requires of executive branch agencies, and to make sure that we're also uh, setting a good example for what we're requiring our our registrants to comply with. So it's really those two pieces in terms of you know the key. You know, internal driver, you, you could say that, you know, compliance is an internal driver. And there's, you know, as we work and set an example for our registrants, that is certainly the case. 
the other driver I keep coming back to is the volumes and variety of data that we have. So um, making sure that we have the right capabilities in place to manage that and make make sure that as you know we're making uh, data and, and information available to folks in a, in a that's both timely and accurate. Dave, you mentioned earlier IT modernization. Uh, and I'd like for you to tell us more about the commission's IT modernization journey. And what I mean by that is how is it leveraging cloud? Is it going towards as-a-service models? And what approach are you using with cloud? You know, one of the drivers, you know, coming back to your point about about cloud and, and managed services is that is certainly the way that industry is going. So, you know, the SEC is going to uh, adopt and adapt, you know, but both with, you know, the federal government's, uh, you know, guidance in this area, which is, you know, take a look at cloud hard initially, and there's, and there's, there's a lot of reasons behind that. Uh, but that, that's also where, you know, industry, you know, lar- largely is putting their investments. So we would certainly want to both comply. It's always a good idea to comply with the yeah, direction coming out of OMB. But that's also a good idea to be consistent with where where industry is going. You know, so the SEC has, is taking a multi cloud approach to our our overall modernization, and I would say cloud first, internet first. What what do I mean by that? So going back to, you know, the concept of you know most people are not working in in, in an office, right? So that was true for the commission before, where they're on registrant sites or out in the field. That then that's that's true today. So. Um, making sure that we're, uh, you know, taking that approach as ha- how we provide connectivity to our staff. The second one is, yes, we, we are leveraging, you know, clouds um, to the extent where, you know, making sure that we're using the best of breed for the for the best use case. So our, our approach there has been to take a look at software as a service first, uh, and then uh, platform as a service second, and then uh, infrastructure as a service third. So, as we're looking through and, and making our investments and making our choices, um, you know, to take a what I would call a platform-centric approach. So, just in terms of the, as you might imagine, with with the missions that the the commission has, that there there is a wide variety of applications and data. So, so we we have to make sure that they're available and secure. So, you know, uh, making sure that we're serving each mission. Uh, on the appropriate platform is, is, is where we're going and making investments in, in those platforms and, and software as a service. Uh, and that's also uh, allowed us to take a uh, fairly deliberate approach in terms of how, how we're approaching the security of that overall environment. You know, I was wondering, um, just as a follow-up, I was hoping you could tell us more about the SEC's Enterprise Data Warehouse and whether or not it's in the works or it's happened. What's the status of moving it potentially to the cloud? So, so our, our enterprise data warehouse is is in the cloud. It is in the cloud. Okay. So, in large part, that's really the our enterprise data warehouse is uh, the analytic data. What I would call an analytic data for the commission. Some of that data does come from disclosure information, right? In terms of how we're uh, parsing that for uh, both to review disclosures and for for folks to get insights in terms of what is being disclosed. More and more, though, that the information that's coming in is what I would call activity data. Uh, so the data that comes in in terms of what actually happens in the markets, you know, the, the largest data set that we leverage is something called the Consolidated Audit Trail. So, so that that is also in the cloud. It's it's actually managed by uh, uh, FINRA, which is a self-regulating organization in, in, in the sector. But as you might imagine, the uh, you know the commission is a large um, consumer of that information to perform its missions. So you know, just leveraging what cloud does best in terms of being able to crunch uh, that amount of data and serve it up was a, a large driver for putting our enterprise data warehouse uh, in the cloud as well, because that's 
information that's useful in terms of you know gleaning insights using other data sets. So we're just in the you know, last stages of, of migrating our on-prem enterprise data warehouse and, and finishing that up. Mostly, you know, that that's completed. We, we, we still have some data sets to move. So that's uh, been a large focus for, for me, uh, you know, during, during my ten, tenure at the commission. You know, earlier you mentioned Agile. And I'm just wondering, you know, when you hear all these terms, DevSecOps, Agile, practices, um, what are you doing to leverage them in your IT modernization journey? I'll come back to we need to change the way that we work, right? So, I mean, at, to your point, Agile, I'm not so much worried about the Agile pieces. I, I, I really am a champion or of cross-functional teams. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the more diversity uh, that, that we have across teams, the, 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 the better off that we are. So program people, people from div- divisions and offices, sure. people from our acquisition group, people from across the commission. So, you know, the more variety of viewpoint that we have, the better the team is going to be and the better the deliverable is going to be. So that's, you know, really been a large area of focus for me is, again, going back to the people part, you know, what are the things that that I can do to enable cross-functional teams rather than I'm going to drop off my shopping list of requirements. Let me know how it turns out. And that's become a deliberate way in terms of how we're uh, approaching our, our technology, right? So, you mentioned DevSecOps earlier. So as part of our cloud effort and our application modernization effort, we have building out you know, CI/CD pipelines, um, application you know, tool sets, leveraging you know, that capability. The other thing we're doing is, is we're modernizing our applications and migrating them is, is with an eye towards uh, you know, moving away from static, you know, you know, granting of authorities to operate uh, and, and moving more toward, towards a continuous model. All of that requires technology in order to do it. Uh, it's moving away from you know a documentation centric uh, view of of how how we manage. You know, people are very used to security plans. They're very used to artifacts. Uh, more and more, though, you know, it's 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 actually turning into data, and you know, gleaning insights from data. That's you know always changing. That's interesting. Yeah, I want to talk about Edgar. And that is the electronic data gathering analysis and retrieval system. I'm wondering what you're doing to modernize it, or can you tell us, give us an update on the modernization aspect of it? And are you using new technologies to identify analytic insights from the unstructured and semi-structured data that you have there? So I'll, I'll start with Edgar is is primarily a uh, information ingest and dissemination system. So going going back to the, you know, the concept of disclosures. So so more, more often than not, when you Hear something uh, in the news in terms of a company has disclosed something. By and large, that's being scraped. As much as I don't like the scrape part <laughs> from Edgar, so it is a in terms of the uh, most one of the more popular web, websites in, in the federal government. And it's you know going back to the to the theory then of well, are, are we modernizing? Absolutely, it, and that is a journey that's never ending. You know, we've gone you know through an exor- uh, work over the past. Certainly, in the in the you know during my tenure at the SEC, modernizing what I would call the underlying infrastructure. So, so making sure that it can actually keep pace with uh, the volumes of data that that it has to ingest. And just going back to the theme, you know, Edgar's volumetrics have have done are are on a hockey stick in terms of you know ingest what and what and what gets disseminated. And the expectation from the public, rightfully so, is that. It's disseminated or made available on, on our websites, you know, nearly instantaneously from you know when when things are uh, ingested. So, most of the modernization effort uh, that's gone on, I'll, I'll say under the covers, 
has been with that and, and that in mind. The, the second part of it is, you know, is, is making sure we're doing the right things from a security standpoint. Uh, one of the major efforts that the commission proposed was was actually moving to and implementing multi-factor authentication oh, really? for uh, you know folks that are actually um, you know disclosing information in Edgar. So you know you'd say, "Wow, we should have done that a long time ago." Sure, uh, but you know we you know there are you know there is the the rulemaking process that we need that we need to follow there. We we need to make sure that we're doing the right things and in, in capturing the inputs from registrants uh, that that are re- required to disclose. And leveraging those services, so you know that is a sea change, really, in, in terms of how people are operating today. So you know that's one of the major changes that's coming, you know, over the next couple of years as 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 we implement that. My next question was around: Has this situation changed the way you use data to meet your mission? I think you kind of alluded to it a little bit there, but I didn't know if you had anything more to add. Has having access to this data and what Edgar provides really helped with the mission at um, at the commission? Yes, yes, certainly. I think the premise here in terms of fairness is access to information. So more disclosure, better. Not that you have to counter and weigh that. And that's certainly what the rulemaking process does in terms of burden to the user. What, you know, what, what all of those issues are, are, are certainly important and need to be considered. At, at the end of the day, it, it's, you know, making sure that people have e- even access to, to data. How has that changed the way the commission does business? Well, it's, it's data on different topics, yeah. certainly. And so having you know an understanding of what the topics are, what the insights are that can be derived from different data on different topics from from a disclosure perspective. And that's you know reporting that you know re- registrants do in terms of, well, here's my reporting, here's my assessment in, in a, you know, of a particular event or, or in a particular area. The other change, I think, is, you know, steering back to this. Well, you know, the, the, that's what com- you know, organizations are disclosing. Makes, makes perfect sense. The other piece of it, though, is, is actually, uh, well, here's what actually happened. So if, if you think about, you know, steering back to the consolidated audit trail, you know, the, that stemmed from legislation passed after the 2008 crash, right, in terms of, well, the SEC had difficulty in tracing back exactly what, what the root causes were of that. So having an understanding of what the activity is is, is um, again, you know, a, a game changer in terms of you know, the SEC being able to con- conduct its various missions. What is the SEC doing to use data and analytics to better meet its mission? We'll explore this question and so much more when our conversation continues on the Business of Government Hour. How does an agency decide upon and implement a performance management framework that will be successful for their specific administration? The IBM Center Report, a practitioner's framework for measuring results, follows the implementation and results of the CSTAT management framework in Colorado's Department of Homeland Security in hopes that it can guide others who may want to institute a similar approach. Download a practitioner's framework for measuring results by Melissa Wavelet on businessofgovernment.org today. Agile methodology has allowed for agencies to keep up with the growing demands for fast response to problem solving. The Opportunity Project, TOP, serves as a catalyst in adapting agile techniques to solve complex agency mission problems. TOP works with federal agencies to identify challenges and facilitate iterative approaches in response. In the IBM Center Report, Agile Problem Solving in Government, Joel Gurin and Katerina Ribello discuss the factors of success involved in TOP. Download your free copy today at businessofgovernment.org.
Welcome back to the Business of Government Hour. I'm Michael Keegan, your host, and our guest today is Dave Bottom, Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. So, David, uh, would you tell us more about the effort within the commission to expand the use of data analytic tools capable of enabling a robust risk analysis? And where I'm going with this is how do you use those tools uh, to assist with the integration and analysis of huge volumes of financial market data uh, to detect the fraud and the suspicion, suspicious behavior you mentioned earlier? That's a really good question. I think I would start with, well, it's a continuous effort. Okay. And, and going back to my theme of it's, it starts with the people. So when, when you think about analytics, really what the analytic does best is look for a pattern. So the, the question then becomes, well, what's the best pattern that, that, that we're looking for? So it could be a known pattern of, well, when, when you see this activity, you know that, <laughs> that it might not be uh, some, something that, that's quite kosher. The benefit now of being able to work with folks that, that are in that space, picking their brain, for, for lack of a better term, in terms of what the patterns that they're looking for, and then developing algorithms that then help them do the looking. So it's a, you know, coming back to, to the augmentation piece is really the core approach here. So, you know, look, looking for that uh, as, as folks are looking for activities in the market that, again, aren't, aren't quite kosher, uh, as, as we're looking to do, you know, risk-based uh, assessments of, you know, different things across the enterprise. If you look at, you know, our division of examinations, for for example, puts out their priorities uh, for, for a given fiscal year. So data analytics plays a, a key role there in determining what the, what those priorities might be. It's not the only thing that's considered, certainly, but certainly a focus on data and, and having data inform decisions is certainly a core principle of, of the commission. That's a great segue into my next question because I was wondering, in all the efforts that you're putting together to execute on the mission of the commission, how are you leveraging automation and machine learning? Yeah, so it's, I'll come back to that. It's, you know, let machines do what machines do best. Let people do what people do best. And that's, you know, working to understand what people are looking for. First, as, as as a launching off point, and, and you know, developing analytics that that are looking for those patterns. We're, we're also looking for analytics, you know, going back to the large volumes of data that that we're talking about, and then you know, using machine learning to proffer suggestions in terms of things. Well, maybe our folks did not pick up on initially that you know, here here are suggestions and, and areas of behavior or patterns that are that are worth looking into. So that's uh, I think where machine learning does a wonderful job job in that in that, in that area. What other emerging technologies are you keeping a pace with? Because uh, whether it's, you know, AI, quanta, I don't, I was just wondering, are you using any of these or do you have a vision of using them down the road? Sure. So you can't let a conversation go by, <laughs> you know, uh, in the second half of this year uh, with, without talking about generative AI. Again, my view is uh, probably two, two or three part strategy there. So in, in terms of, you know, going back to our overall modernization effort, we're, we're leveraging, you know, managed services today. So most managed service providers will have uh, a generative AI component embedded in them. So we'll certainly be, be leveraging those as as they become available and as they become available in, in the in the in the FedRAM space. So that's I think you know option one. Op- option two is you know looking for uh, other opportunities, and, and we're just starting to look at what. You know the commission should do in terms of you know more more direct use of large language models as an example. Um, you know how would we approach that? You know and you know we're, we're definitely in the in the formulative space there. Uh, you know 
again, consistent with the uh, executive order that just dropped. You know, there's a draft you know, OMB policy memo that will, will that's open for, for public comment now. You know, making sure that we're doing the appropriate things from a guardrail perspective, going in eyes wide open in terms of what the risks are and what and and, and what the rewards are. So, so we're you know we're we're in the I'd say in the in you know in the initial state stages of that conversation. So, in terms of the emerging technologies, I think that's certainly where the you know where where, where the focus is. Um, you know, quantum's an interesting one. Yeah, you know, from an SEC perspective. That's the you know again I think we'll leverage that as our managed services providers and and, and embed them. I I don't envision a world where you know we're running our quantum computer in the basement. Um, so that's the you know I think we'll definitely be you know consumers of of that service as it becomes mainstream. There's a series of tradecraft that goes along with that. Where we are looking, you know, consistent with you know, again, administration guidance is around the world of encryption, and what and what changes should should we be making? Knowing that one of the first quantum capabilities that's going to be out there is it's going to make you know some of our encryption obsolete. So yeah. so you know, certainly, you know, working to understand you know what the encryption algorithms we have in the inventory and what we should be moving to. So so that's the, but again, I think that's you know, as as those standards become available from NIST. Making sure we're doing the right inventory pieces, factoring that into if we do need to make a change, we'll we'll, we'll continue to factor that into our overall modernization journey. Which, as we talked about at the beginning, never never, never seems never to end. change. So you know, it's a great segue into throughout our conversation. You've underscored the importance of securing both data and systems, and I, I want to get into that a little bit more generically around. Um, IT security. What are you doing specifically in that area? And are you instituting any new policies or are you doing any new training or what is the system work you're doing too? Yeah, that's a great question. So if I to start with the policy and procedure space. So, so it's, you know, we, we do several audits a year. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're in, audited annually by uh, the General Accounting Office in terms of our IT financial controls. Uh, we just finished that engagement recently for, for this fiscal year. The IT folks are, you know, one of the best customers for for our office of Inspector General. So, so it's the, uh, which which I think is is a good thing. I I think it, you know, uh, in, in terms of what the recommendations are, what what the findings are, we've closed out a number of you know previous year uh, recommendations. We're we're just finishing the you know what this year's recommendations will be from an IT security um, standpoint. There always involves, you know, you know, do we have the right policies? Do we have the right procedures? Are they current? Are we able to demonstrate that we're following them? Right. So, so that compliance piece is job one. I'd also say, though, you know, just because you're compliant doesn't necessarily mean you're secure. So, we have a white hat, you know, bug bounty program. You know, we do a lot of outside pen testing. Uh, we we're certainly a customer of CISA. In that space, and so you know, in terms of you know, CISA's re- review of our infrastructure and systems, so you know, making sure that we're um, you know doing the right things from a uh, vulnerability standpoint. You know, the compliance piece would tell you, yes, we have a policy and procedure in place for vulnerabilities, but we we also need to make sure we understand what they are, uh, and we're taking the right right approaches to to resolve them, and and that gets into the the risk management side of the equation. So so make, making sure that. Uh, you know, we're understanding and taking a risk-based approach in terms of what we think the threats are. Data security is certainly one. Data integrity is certainly one. Um, you know, protection of PIIs is, is, is certainly one. You know, those you know things that are table stakes that people expect. So, 
you know, making sure that we're taking a risk-based approach there as we're going forward. Is there anything around, you know, because you mentioned it a couple of times and you also the, the the privacy officer, is there anything around the protection of PII that you're doing uh, that you'd like to elaborate on? Well, yeah, I, job one, there have been many job ones, but, you know, <laughs> you know, people are very focused on their personal information, rightfully so. You know, again, kind of the, you know, three-legged stool approach there. We um, pay a lot of attention to as we bring in new data sets and we're you know building new systems, everything starts with a privacy impact assessment. Uh, everything starts with you know you know do we have the right um, SORNs in place uh, to be able to uh, bring this information in the commission, uh, and, th- and then it turns into well do we have the as we work through the systems piece you know do do we have the right controls in place to make sure we we're managing need to know, you know not everybody needs to know everybody's information so you know un- understanding in terms of you know, what, what the appropriate use is, you know, who, who has need to know, make sure that we're enforcing that need to know is all part of our privacy program. As you might imagine, that that's a continual f- focus of, of our auditors, right? Again, right, rightfully so. So, you know, as, as, as we're doing the, the, you know, the right things there, we've been very good in that space, you know, from our auditor standpoint. So just a tribute to the team that, that works on that. Uh, and, th- and then, you know, so that's kind of the second leg of the stool. The, the third leg of the stool would be, Again, you can't have a discussion in IT this week with, without talking about zero trust. So, the you know the premise here uh, in in past years has been you know we'll, we'll we'll bring in a data set and we'll put an application on top of it and it will that'll be a stovepipe. That that of course is no longer the case. We talked about our, our enterprise data warehouse earlier, yeah. where you know we have multiple systems and multiple applications uh, accessing the same data. Data is moving between applications and systems. So the two pillars there on, on the zero trust roadmap that that we're working on are making sure that we have uh, the the right identity and access management things in place, um, to make sure that we have the right data tagging in, in place. Right. And in a previous role, the you know my my mantra was uh, you know tag the people, tag the data, trust the tags. Yes. Um, not now we've kind of you know moved to you know tag the people, tag the application, and we talked about machine learning a, a bit earlier, so so it might be a, a algorithm that's looking at the data. We need, need to make sure that that's tagged and inappropriately managed, which is you know a, a bit different than you know the the traditional IT security practices that we've had in place in, in previous years. But a large part of the reason why the administration, not this one, but certainly the the past one too, and the one before that, were focused on making sure we're, we're doing the right things from. Particularly in my mind, from a, a identity access and management and data tagging standpoint. So I want to switch gears a little bit to customers and customers internal. And you've mentioned a couple of times, Dave, the idea of, of cross-functional teams and making sure there are a number of different, a diverse group of people at the at the table building together. Um, how do you anticipate the technology needs of your internal customers, if you will? Uh, sort of working at ways to identify better technology that helps them meet their mission, whether they're on site or at the regional offices. Well, the good news is, is nobody appears to be shy about asking. So the next problem then is, uh, you know, working through what, what that's actually going to mean, right? So uh, in terms of on the technology side, I view it as, um, and this goes back to the, you know, discussion, you know, we can get a discussion about innovation. It's, you know, certainly incremental changes, right? So, what does it mean to, um, you know, and we have, you know, changed an application or changed something be- because we've made a rule change or we have a new piece of data that we need to ingest. So those 
you know, I think we have a pretty good processes in place to um, a- address those. The second areas, maybe in terms of the uh, innovation, in terms of, well, maybe there are changes we need to make our, to our business processes, or there's, there's, it doesn't quite fit into the incremental change. It's, no, we, we, need, we need to make a bit of a more, more of a change. And, and that, that's my, we're really trying to focus our, our cross-functional teams on is, you know, there's a, hey, you know, maybe, you know, I, I know we've been doing it this way for, for a number of years, but maybe, you know, we, we, we can look at some other way to do it. Um, this is also where uh, industry is in- incredibly helpful uh, in terms of you know going back to managed services, you know software as, as a service in particular, right? Those are all designed with a particular workflow and, and user experience in mind. So in that case, you know we're in terms of the adoption, that becomes really an adoption adaptation discussion. We're, we're not going to change necessarily how a large uh, software as a service provider is, is serving the overall market, right? Where you know the SEC is. A customer, not not the customer in that space. So you know, we we're spending a lot of time in, in that effort in terms of technology and applying technology to business problems. You know, I talked about the SaaS PaaS IaaS route. You know, then you get into well, I, no, we need to customize, right? I mean, that's <laughs> the dreaded term of right. So yeah, and sometimes that is the absolute right thing to do, right? So so sometimes, <laughs> right? That's the careful of how we wish for, right? But the um, that's the third area. So I think in terms of the teams that we put together and who's on the team, you know, how we're leading the team and what the success metrics look like, that they're a bit different for each of those, right? So if you're thinking about, well, we don't really know what we're doing here. We're going we're gonna to pilot something. It's, it's not necessarily a cost schedule performance metric. It's, oh, well, it's, it's, it's what, are, what are we learning? And you know, be willing to move on if it doesn't pan out. That's hard, right? So that's a cultural thing that, some folks are comfortable, some folks aren't. On the, hey, can we look at you know, th- things that are out there in, in industry? I, th- I think the teams do a really good job of that, actually, right? So, you know, eyes, eyes wide open in terms of adoption, adaptation. So I think that's also, you know, ha- having stood to the test of time there. And then on the incremental, again, going going back to, hey, there's a slight change that we need to make for what, whatever reason, um, I think have good practices in place for that. The customer experience, CX, is a big part of the president's management agenda. I'm wondering, um, could you tell us more about your efforts? And you alluded to it earlier about enhancing sort of the functionality of SEC.gov. And where I'm going with this, has it simplified the financial reporting process, reduced the filer burden, and and made information more widely available? That's a great question. I would like to think, and I'd be interested to get <laughs> people's feedback, that we, we are improving the user experience on, on SEC.gov. So, so scc.gov is a place where people are going to look for information. So there are various components of, of scc.gov, to your, to your point. There's scc.gov proper. There's investor.gov, where we have a lot of in, investor education material. That's a shameless plug. And then, of course, we have Edgar, which is also you know part of scc.gov, where you can look for all of the disclosures, 8Ks, 10Ks, for you know particularly pu- publicly traded company. We've put a lot of energy into, you know, improving the look and feel of SCC.gov. That's a lot of those efforts are, are led by our, our public affairs team. They're, they're in the in, in the look and feel business, right? I mean, so that's again going back to that cross cross functional team um, kind of mantra. In terms of you know reducing filer burden, and, and that's more more on the ingest piece, and there, and there are various ways that we take information in. One thing going back there in terms of um, 
of our modernization efforts, not, not really a, driven by systems per se, but you may have noticed um, in the past couple of r- rulemakings the commission has, has adopted uh, a, a preference for structured rulemaking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in terms of, you know, data tagging the disclosure reports that come in, we've, you know, adopted in large part uh, XBRL and inline XBRL to facilitate actual analytics looking at the disclosures, rather, I should say, and, and a person looking at them. But the, you know, reason behind that is, um, you know, knowing, you know, just adopting to, to the volumes that we're talking about, we, we working with the folks that are actually putting together the disclosures themselves, which are our registrants and, and, and the public, and making that information useful for down, downstream consumers. What does the future hold for IT at the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC? We'll explore this question and so much more when our conversation continues on the Business of Government Hour. How can government best use big data to transform decision-making, public services delivery, and communication? The IBM Center Report Integrating Big Data and Thick Data to Transform Public Services Delivery by Yan Yan Ang presents five recommendations for public managers introducing the concept of mixed analytics, urging thick data, meaning qualitative information about users, to be presented alongside big data to improve government decision-making. Visit businessofgovernment.org to read more. This is the Center This Week, highlighting the latest trends and best practices for improving government effectiveness, brought to you by the IBM Center for the Business of Government. I'm Michael Keegan, Leadership Fellow at the Center and host of its weekly interview program, the Business of Government Hour. The Center This Week is our opportunity to inform and most importantly, to invite you, our listeners, to use the Center as a how-to resource for improving government effectiveness at the state, local, and federal levels. Our guest today is Comptroller General Gene Dodaro, leader of the Government Accountability Office, GAO. How has the discipline of strategic foresight factored into your either strategic planning efforts or your mission? And, and what is the, the role of GAO's Strategic Foresight Center? What does it play in that area? Yes, yeah, so we created this Strategic Foresight Center in 2018 as part of our continual efforts that I mentioned earlier, to improve and refine our strategic planning process at the GAO. We have uh, about eight fellows that are in there now. And so it's, it's an add a new dimension. Now, we have had futures on our uh, Controller General Advisory Group for a while now, and they've been very helpful. But this was the, the add to those capabilities and responsibilities. So they've looked at things like deep fakes, uh, trends in space, which are, are very important issues. And so they provide those insights to us. I also have them help on individual uh, audits that we undertake where we've been asked to look at uh, future trends and technologies and other issues. To give you an example of how this group functions on an ongoing basis, uh, we had them work together with our science technology and analytics team to create a framework for evaluating uh, artificial intelligence algorithms, because the, what what GAO works on in the future, and how we do our work is changed been changing dramatically based upon rapidly evolving science and technology developments, and so we need to change, and we have been changing, you know, for the last decade to build this capabilities, and so I was very pleased to see 
where the center is now partnering with different teams in GAO to create documents so that we can then use this artificial intelligence framework to evaluate how federal agencies are developing and using artificial intelligence in their operations uh, sort of Congress. And it also helped us to look internally and uh, part of their advice over the past uh, several years since we created them was to create a much more mobile workforce, for example. And so that helped us be even better positioned when the pandemic hit and we had to move to uh, you know virtually 100% remote work. So it's, it's great to have that capability to have people think ahead. You know, I've been trying mightily working with all my great colleagues over the years at GAO to move GAO from uh, an image where all we did was identify deficiencies to bring constructive suggestions to improve operations and then to look at foresight activities. And Dave Walker was very helpful in, in that direction as well over the years. And even Chuck Bajer uh, before Dave, we all, all the control generals always tried to look ahead, but we've been refining and our approaches uh, going forward. And it's made GAO, you know, a much more proactive organization and therefore a greater asset to the country. For the IBM Center for the Business of Government, I'm Michael Keegan, and this has been The Center This Week. Welcome back to the Business of Government Hour. I'm Michael Keegan, your host, and our guest today is Dave Bottom, Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. What are you doing, Dave, around the area of workforce development, recruitment, and retention, and maybe addressing whatever IT skill gaps you have and attracting the right people and get them on, on board? That's a great question. I, I'd start out with the SEC is a wonderful place to work. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just put that out there. So very fortunate in what the SEC can offer. Mm-hmm. Part two to that is, you know, on the training and upskilling, reskilling, let's, let's let's focus on the training. One of the initiatives that we started when, when I arrived at the SEC was uh, a College of Information Technology. So, you know, the SEC, is, as we said, is not, you know, large. It's not a cabinet-level you know, CFO Act agency. It's a mid-sized agency. Uh, but it also recognizes that. We, we definitely need a more structured approach to how we're doing uh, and delivering IT training. You know, maybe part of the fact that I have, you know, a couple of kids in college, but, um, you know, un- understanding and taking the kind of the college approach in terms of what are the, you know, degrees, if you will, that, that we need to offer, what are the courses of instruction, how are we going to, you know, structure people through that so, you know, they're taking the maybe the 100-level courses in data analytics. They're taking the 100-level courses in machine learning and and, and algorithms. Uh, If they want to specialize in that area, you know, work through the, you know, the 200 and 300. So so our, you know, curriculum right now on on the college emphasizes, as you might guess, three things. One is cloud and, you know, cloud architecture. Two is, you know, I talked about AI and machine learning. And three is agile. Right. So, so how, how can we work all of that together? So in terms of, you know, focusing, as I said, and, and investing in the workforce. And, and I also say, you know, we're working with our contractor teammates as well. Right. So, so we're, we're making sure that, you know, we're clear and working together in terms of what the skill sets need to be there. On the retention or on the hiring piece, you know, looking, as I said, the SEC is a wonderful place to work. Right. So, so, I mean, we're, we're very fortunate in terms of the you know, numbers of folks that, that are applying for the, for the positions that we've had. 
and and we're certainly focused on retention. So the you know. You know, one of the things I, I look for, uh, you know, closely every year is, well, how are we doing an, an employee engagement uh, in, in our FEB survey? So that's, uh, you know, and luckily, you know, the IT staff team uh, within the SEC is, is you know, pretty well engaged. So, um, you know, just hat, hats off to the group and my tenure there in terms of their, their ability to consistently deliver. You know, turning to the future, what do you want to achieve in the next couple of years? That's a great question. So, so we, we we just finished our you know detailed planning roadmap for uh, fiscal twenty four. As you might imagine, implementing uh, what we're required to implement uh, under the zero trust uh, OMB memo is, is job one. Very focused on uh, you know the, the data side of that and m- making sure we're putting the the, the data tagging uh, things in place there, uh, and continuing to modernize our uh, identity access and management along with our network modernization or the components I'm emphasizing from an overall infrastructure piece. Things I'm continuing to want to emphasize and, and, and grow uh, are, you know, more reliance, you know, cross-functional teams first. Uh, and that that's a challenge. Right? And, you know, people are very busy, right? So, you know, un, you know, making time for that and emphasizing that is 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 something else that I'm certainly focused on. And the, and the third piece is always is, you know, making sure that, you know, we're, you know, continue the, the day-to-day customer service. Right, so it's all it's all good, right? To to talk about all of these efforts, but if you can't log in, then it doesn't really matter, right? right. So we have to basic make sure systems. make sure that we're 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 doing the basic blocking and tackling. So, Dave, what advice would you give someone who's thinking about a career in public service? I think public service is a, is a wonderful area. I've been you know very fortunate in the opportunities that I've had, and I've taken the opportunities in in a wide variety of areas in public service. So my my time in the intelligence community or DHS or, or OMB, I, I think that you get to work on problems that you probably would not be able to work on in the private sector, at least not in the uh, private sector stints that 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 I've had. So it's it's definitely a different set of problems, I, and I think they're really important problems for the nation, uh, no, no matter what uh, where you might be in in, in public service. So, so that would be. If you, if you have a uh, desire to work on what I think are really important problems, and <laughs> we have many of them, uh, I, I think yeah, that's something that I really feel fortunate in terms of being able to you know, have been in public service. The other piece of it is buckle up. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of, you know, we, we talked about you know, technology disruption. You know, there are a lot of, you know, uh, changes that are going on, uh, you know, certainly in in the nation, around the world, that's you know, we're going to have to respond to. So, so it's 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 definitely not going to be for the faint of heart. Dave, I want, I want to thank you for joining me today, but uh, but more importantly, I want to thank you for your dedicated service to the country. Oh, thank you, Michael. I appreciate it very much. This has been the Business of Government Hour, a conversation with Dave Bottom, Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission. Be sure to join us next time for another informative, insightful, and in-depth conversation on improving government technology and its effectiveness. Until then, subscribe, download, and listen to the entire interview at iTunes, Spotify, or on your favorite podcast app, and as always at businessofgovernment.org. For the Business of Government Hour, I'm Michael Keegan, and thanks for joining us.